Hello and welcome to the Credit Shift News and Market Update edition. Starting with the general industry news, let's bring the spotlight on credit invisibility and financial exclusion. This has come to my attention this week from the LexisNexis report, which came out in March of this year. It paints a concerning picture. Um, Many young individuals and recent immigrants often don't have a credit history. And this has led to over 637,000 people becoming what has been termed credit invisibles or unscorables. And this makes credit scoring for them uh, quite a challenge. And uh, as a result of that, they often find it very difficult to avail of quality financial services or indeed any financial services. And what really stood out for me in, in this report was, intriguingly, Northern Ireland stands out with 22.9% of its population being potentially financially excluded. And that's a stark contrast to the next most excluded community in Wales at 14.8%. Now, digging deeper into the report, this doesn't actually reflect the kind of different economic circumstances of the regions or indeed income distributions. It it may play on differences of um, current account availability. And what really fell out of the reading of this report for me this week was the need to really look at these figures on maybe a regional level, um, even a local authority level. Um, So when looking at numbers, Maybe reasons differ per region, uh, interconnections and intereffects differ by local authority area and really brought home to me the uh, need to really dig into these numbers. Just shifting our focus a little bit now, the short-term loan applications saw a significant surge, 83% surge between April and June of 2022, with younger individuals, especially those renting and on shaky financial grounds, finding themselves applying to borrow 500 to 1,000 pounds around four times a year. And this really shows, I guess, the vulnerability of people in this age group across all, all metrics. On the topic of finances, even small bills can be destabilizing. Minor unexpected bills often push vulnerable groups into financial turmoil, with defaults potentially leading to court judgments. And to give you some perspective, since January 2020, around 1.8 million CCJs have been recorded in the UK. And between 2020 and 2022, this number doubled. Now, some of this has been put down to a backlog from the pandemic, but there's still a, quite a worrying trend under underneath that. And with all these people being more and more vulnerable with the cost of living and the pressure that that's putting on people financially, the FCA this week issued a critical warning that needs our attention. Some consumers are sadly being duped into paying fees for loans that never materialize. This can be up to £260, and that's a lot of money when you don't have it. And this type of fraud has increased by 26%. So, as usual, red flags to watch out for include unsolicited cold calls and emails, the general request for upfront fees in a lot of arrangements, and wherever there's an urgency to make payments uh, or to come to an agreement, that is an indication that there could be a scam going on. So, in general, I think a very interesting set of data points there leading to 
a continued need to focus on how all these uh, short-term loan applications fall out the other end in terms of missed payments. This brings us to our second section, uh, updates on missed payments. So a pressing concern, they've soared, reaching levels we haven't seen since last winter. It affects a worrying 2.4 million households in uh, the UK. And in July alone, two thirds of these households had missed more than one payment. Digging deeper into the type of missed bills, water and energy are still the primary culprits. About half of all these defaults were these crucial payments. And furthermore, four in 10 missed their phone bills, while a third overlooked council tax. While the cost of living is shooting up, there's a, a growing clamor for companies to offer a more supportive hand, ensuring customers get fair deals, maybe aren't charged unfair fees, and are making arrangements to help people out of this uh, situation and are, are putting policies um, in place. And we, we feel that the digital efforts of companies should fall into place here to help people with missed payments, rescheduling of payments and associated actions there. In the third section here, we're going to just briefly have a look at uh, two points from the venture capital, the financing industry. A thing that uh, just came to my attention was a French company, de facto. Uh, they're a French-based firm revolutionizing the way short-term loans are given to SMEs with a focus on an API-first approach. Their recent funding round garnered them a cool 167 million euros to fulfill their vision of seamlessly integrating credit products using their APIs into popular financial tools. And this is just a continuing reminder to me that the embedded finance industry is continuing to heat up. It's uh, not just in the UK and the US, it's, it's throughout the world. And a fresh report by the Institute of International Finance and Deloitte from August 2023 underlines its growing importance. This innovation is morphing the relationships between retailers and financial services companies and blurring the lines between financing and marketing. And I think what we're seeing is a whole new ecosystem evolving there between financial services players and all other forms of retailing services and products. And the report really did bring out the extent of that opportunity and the, the, the range of industries that this is going to affect. So wrapping up, I think on the uh, embedded finance, uh, that report, something I just would recommend to you bring to your attention just to bring you, if you haven't already been looking at the embedded finance area, uh, might give you a good introduction to it. The, the thing that caught my attention in that report was that financial institutions must pinpoint what remains their domain and focus and what can be outsourced. It's a, it, it really is that question of what is it that we absolutely have to do ourselves and what is it that we can safely outsource without affecting our core competencies. And it reminds me of that old software saying, there's only two strategies in software, and that's bundling and unbundling. So I think we're probably seeing the same kind of thing happening in the embedded finance industry. That's our update for this week. I hope you'll join us again for our next news update next week. And we'll be having some more interviews coming up on this stream in the near future. 
and I hope that you have a great rest of your day. 